This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, it's Ashley Taylor, and I'm excited to introduce you to this week's Clubhouse edition of the podcast. This week, Kevin and I spoke with Terry Hofford. Terry is not just a photographer, but also a body image and mindset educator and speaker from Winnipeg, Canada. During our chat, we talked about how to have a more inclusive portrait business, how to make sure your marketing and portfolio is in alignment with your mission and your why for your business, and how photographers can challenge their own beliefs around their own body image to better serve their clients. It was a really great episode, and I know I learned so much from being a part of this conversation, and we cannot wait for you to listen and learn from it as well. So let's get started. Welcome, everyone, to the Portrait System Podcast Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Conde, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce. Nikki Klosser hosts our Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse Edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you today? I'm great, Kevin. I'm excited to be here as always, and I'm so excited to introduce our guest today, Terry Hofford. Welcome, Terry. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you guys again. I haven't talked to you since the Portrait Masters in October, really, aside from online. I know, I know. Once again, Ashley and I are super excited to be able to sit down and chat with you. You are a beaming light of positivity and self-acceptance in our community. And to get the inter- to get the opportunity to interview is we just gonna pass it up. So oh, thanks. I appreciate that. So in today's society, uh, we are starting to see a shift from the idea that only thin is beautiful to more uh, of an inclusive marketing, albeit not fast enough. Um, we wanted to have you on to talk about the way you run your business, to be so inclusive, as well as our role as photographers in what we can do to change what society and our clients might perceive as, quote unquote, beautiful. Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> let's start from the beginning of your process and 
talk about how you market to clients. What was sure. Oh, sorry. I'm like ready to jump in. I'm like, oh. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Uh, what was your marketing like prior to moving towards body positivity and how would you describe it now? So the interesting thing is, is um, before I was doing boudoir photography, I was a wedding and family photographer, which I say technically trained me and I was not super great at either of those. I was okay, but like, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a passion, we'll say. Um, and as soon as I did a project that I wanted to showcase that all bodies are worthy of being photographed, like it was just for my own personal project, that's what inspired me to actually start Boudoir. So right from the very beginning of my career, I've been pushing for inclusivity. The whole reason I started at that time, like glamour portraits hadn't really become a thing yet. So the, really the only way to get an individual woman in front of a camera was going to be either through a headshot session, which was not in line with my work, uh, or to get them naked. And so I was like, <laughs> jump into the deep end and let's get people naked and help them see their bodies that way. So right from the very get-go, it was for me, it was all about disrupting the industry. I always say when things piss me off, I set out to fix them. So that's kind of what happened there. <laughs> and so, so, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, oh I was sorry. just going to say, so like with that, did you get a lot of pushback at the beginning? I know you ran a project and you had like tons of response for it, but did you also get like pushback from people like, I'm not quite ready to be naked in front uh, of the camera? Yeah, for that project, not so much. That was kind of the, like I gave people the option. You could wear as much or as little as you want. Um, most people did opt to either be in their underwear or completely naked for it, which was actually surprising for me. But when I started actually like advertising for boudoir or things like that, then I got the same amount of questions that everyone gets, like, or not even questions, just statements of people being like, oh, I, I would love to do this, but I can't because X, Y, and Z, like I need to lose weight or did and I'm very one of my talents is basically recognizing trends and so I was like after hearing the same comment from you know people in different size bodies or whatever I was like okay this can't be about the body there's something more at play here like it has to be a mindset shift that has to happen mm -hmm. So that's when I started studying psychology behind body image, um, which really helped me be able to understand what was going on in the minds of people putting these barriers in front of themselves. And body image is just one of them. The other thing is I don't have enough money to do this, right? A value thing. Everything yeah. comes back to whether or not they value themselves. So I use the information I learned from that to be able to have those conversations with people through my social media or my blog posts or whatever to slowly chip away at those mindsets that they had for themselves so that eventually they would be like, you know what? Yeah, that is a dumb excuse that I'm throwing out there. I can come in and do a photo shoot. Why not? But it was like, it took consistency on my part to be blogging continuously, learning continuously, shooting continuously, like for free or paid um, to show, like that's the other thing, is just a show representation for people that exist in bodies like mine. We don't know that it's possible because our bodies haven't been seen at that point. And so, yeah, so it literally was just like the consistency within which I worked, I think, was a big part of that. And, and talking about my why, why this was so important to me from the get-go, like at every opportunity, not just like like with clients, but when I'd host, 
I'd host events where it's like, let's just talk about body image. Let's just talk about things that are you're struggling with. And like, how can I help empower you to change your mindset around these other things? And I really just wanted to build a community around this idea of uplifting and empowering ourselves. Is that making sense? I don't know. Does that yes. No, I love it. I love it. Um, one question I have for you and all that is, do you ever look back on kind of the earlier days of your communications, marketing, messaging, or even photos and cringe? Like, do you ever feel like I was on the path that I'm on and, but I know so much more now. Cause I think one of the things, at least for me in self-growth is like, the more you learn, it's obviously a good thing. We grow, but then we can recognize maybe some of our errors in the past and feel... I call them areas of opportunity. Okay, great. I love this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like for me, uh, I think a big part of like just my personality is I've always been quite self-aware. So I'm very Mm -hmm. in tune when things no longer align with me. It doesn't mean I'll change anything. It just means I'm uncomfortable doing them. Okay. <laughs> so I'll, I'll probably try to force it because I feel like, well, everyone else is doing it this way, so I should be doing it this way. Yeah. Or like I fall into the same traps that everyone else does that way where we get imposter syndrome or whatever. And it's scary to do something different than what the status quo is doing. But over the years, I've learned every time that I've taken a chance on myself, starting from quitting weddings literally overnight to starting a boudoir business, yeah. <laughs> every time I've taken a chance on my intuition, it has paid off for me like incredibly well. Um, and with within that, every time I've done it for the betterment of other people, not myself, it has definitely paid off. So when when I got, I got stuck in the same traps as everyone else, like, well, I need to be focused on the money. And I, I had a terrible money mindset up until like two years ago. Um, and so my ego was very much running the show a lot of the time. And it, it did get me away from why I started doing the work I was doing to begin with. So mm-hmm. I like to have a lot of hard talks with myself throughout to say like, why are you still editing this way? Is this still in line with why you do this work? Why do you pose this way? Is this in line with why you do this work? Because even when I first started, I didn't know like what boudoir was. I just knew what I wanted to do. So like everyone else, we go to the internet to look mm-hmm. for education. And so I learned all the top selling boudoir poses or mm-hmm. whatever, which mm-hmm. was fine to get going. But it, there was something about it that just didn't really like pretty photos weren't resonating with me. I knew I needed something deeper with my relationships with my clients. And so it wasn't until I actually was working with sex workers (laughs) that I was like, Oh, we can, we can like really like explore different ways of doing things. It's not just about being pretty or whatever, like women can actually show up in their power in these photos and like reclaim their sexuality and reclaim their bodies. And that was a really fun experience to explore what that looks like. But again, like everyone else, I fell into what everyone else was doing. And I very quickly turned it into like an almost an automated system. It worked. I was successful. I was making big money. However, I hated what I was creating Mm -hmm. because I, again, I had gotten so far away from what I was doing. Like everything just felt when I looked at the photos, they were beautiful photos, but I was pushing my clients into, instead of a 
body image box. It was a gender box. Like I knew how to pose women and I knew how to pose men, but I didn't know how to pose the human. Yeah. And it was, yeah. And it was doing a project for, and this is why I say projects are so important. This is where you learn everything about yourself. But I did a project to photograph uh, trans folks in my community for like Pride Month or whatever. And I ended up getting, if you're coming to my WPPI talk, I talk about this story. So you're going to hear it again. But, anyways, um, but I ended up getting like five non binary humans. Um, participating in this project and I I was like holy shit like I don't actually know what to do with these people because they don't necessarily subscribe to women and they don't necessarily subscribe to men and every day is kind of different so I realized I had to expand what I was doing with my clients to say but it's not just non-binary individuals some women don't feel empowered by being in sexy positions. I am one of those people. And it took me five years to realize this. (laughs) Every time I'd see photos of myself, I'd be like, yeah, they're pretty. But again, I felt a disconnect because that's not how I wanted to see myself. But when I see myself in strong, powerful, almost masculine poses, I'm like, yes, that's like, yeah, I feel so strong and powerful and empowered in that moment. And I realized that I was doing the same thing that prior to me starting boudoir is that I just kind of put my clients into a box. I assumed what made them empowered as opposed to asking them what made them feel empowered. Does that make sense? Yes. And this is to me like what lit me up when I heard your interview with Nikki on the podcast. For those of you who haven't heard that, you should go back and listen. Um, And also, you know, I've been following you on Instagram for a while, even before, you know, you came into the Sue Bryce community orbit. Um, And I've always been so drawn to your messaging. And even for myself, like, really in this past year, I've been trying to look at my own marketing and communication and question it like it's so geared toward women because Mm -hmm. I've always been under the assumption of women are the people who will buy my services Mm -hmm. that's who I should market to but I also like I really value and believe that people should be able to express their identities across the spectrum whatever that is to them and Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel aligned to me to essentially have marketing that excludes trans non-binary people, you know, like why would other people not want to be photographed? So it's been a journey for myself this year of like being more looking at the words I'm using and like, well, that's not inclusive, but that's also, it's, it's hard, you know, like because you're used to doing it a certain way and you're Absolutely. used to expressing yourself in your marketing a certain way. And then you're afraid maybe to turn off the clients that you have, but it's also not mm-hmm. in alignment. And I guess that's and not really a question, but. <laughs> that's the thing that I think, um, I think one thing that I always have to preface when I talk about this stuff is I'm not saying every business, every photographer has to run an inclusive business or, that you have to cater to other people other than women. Like you can do what you want. Just be, be sure that it is in alignment Mm -hmm. with what you're saying. Does that make sense? Like, I think that's the thing. Like lots of people jump on, for example, the body positivity wagon or whatever, but then 
they're also like body shaming people with memes on their Facebook accounts. And like, there's a lot, it's easy to say the things, but it's harder to do that work that's necessary. And again, I don't think people have to run their business a specific way. Like, I think it's really important that we have people at all stages catering to all different people for all different reasons. Mm-hmm. But just like getting clear with yourself about why you're doing the work. This is why knowing why you're doing the work is so important. So you can always go back when you do get distracted by the internet. Yeah. Um, to be like, Because that's what happens, right? It happened to me. It still happens to me when I'm like, oh, I need that or I need to pose like this or I need to edit like that. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Is this helping me do the job that I wanted to do with this work? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I I love this. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel that photographers that aren't buying, going into the the body positivity uh, movement where they're like, okay, I do pose like this to make a client potentially look thinner do you, uh, or retouching them to remove their quote unquote flaws. Um, do you think they're going against the movement to, uh, no. or is it just that their way of business? That, that's the thing is, again, I think there, this is the what people sometimes misinterpret when I talk about why I do the things that I do. One is not necessary. Like my way of doing things is not better than any other way. It's just different. And it is in alignment with why I do this. For those people that want to liquefy and want to um, do, you know, skin smooth or like whatever the thing is, whatever they want to do, as long as. I think as long as they're aware that like this is in line with the experience I want to provide my client, then there's definitely no harm in it because let me tell you, not everyone is ready for a Terry Hofford photo shoot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'm going to put you through the emotional ringer with your body image and not everyone is ready for that. So there needs to be people. And this is when I first started like boudoir, I used the skin smooth all the time because I said, you know what, at this point for me, the priority is to just get as many bodies in front of the camera as possible. And if the promise of a little skin smoothing is going to help me do that, then I'm willing to do that. And then around in 2020, I was like, okay, now there's enough boudoir photographers in my community that are like showcasing a variety of bodies and they're Photoshopping. That means now I can go a step deeper for my work, which is to remove Photoshop because that's no longer in alignment with the message that I want to put out there. Does that make sense? Like your priorities are going to shift as you, as you grow your business and get clearer on why you're doing the work that you're doing, I think, um, which allows you to step away too from that, like kind of my way is the right way or their way is the wrong way, whatever. Like people do, do what you want. <laughs> that's my biggest thing. Do whatever you want. Just like don't the biggest thing, the biggest hang up I have with that, is don't co-opt a movement like the body positivity movement that was meant for fat bodies and not put in the necessary work to support that movement. Like you can't just take the words and not do the work. That that does drive me a little nuts. <laughs> yeah, because can you can you talk more about that? Because I mean that like to me strikes that like sentiment that that could actually be pretty harmful to yeah. say that you're safe and like promoting all these things, but then people come into your space and you haven't done the work. So maybe you actually say the wrong thing or you're, you know, yeah, like fat shaming in a way that 
you may not even realize it. Like, could you talk more a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest, the biggest one that's really easily noticeable is if everyone just like looks at their Instagram account, like their own personal Instagram account and their website and honestly ask yourself, what is the diversity of bodies on this, on these pages? Because the thing is, if you have any sort of like, we're an inclusive boudoir studio, or you are saying like, oh, body, you know, boudoir is for everybody or photography for everybody. And yet you're only displaying one type of body. Even if you're show, like shooting other bodies, ask yourself why you're not showing them. Um, and just be honest with yourself. Like that's the thing is lots of times when I talk about this, people tend to feel a little bit of shame or guilt or whatever, like they're, they're bad or listen, you cannot make any sort of change or progress if you sit in like a pit of sadness. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you need to just acknowledge where you're at and then decide if you want to change things. If you don't want to be a body positive photographer, just don't say that you are like, you're not a bad person. This So this is the other thing that happens, I think, which is not helpful. The word positive gets people because when we hear body positive, we assume if we're not body positive, we must be body negative. Does Correct. that make sense? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that happens, which negative you hear and you're like, oh, my God, I'm a terrible human. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not at all what that's saying. It's just saying it's not part of this movement. But we have this polarity thinking, which is like, well, if it's not this, then it must be this. And that's not really the case. Just don't don't say that you are those things if you don't want to do the work that comes with those things. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad photographer. It doesn't make you a bad boudoir photographer, whatever. Like, you can do the work from wherever you are. Just be cautious of the wording that you're using and making sure you have the actions to back up the words. Now... Oh, sorry. I do just want to touch on one more thing. If that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, so the one question that I get a lot of is from photographers that are like, well, I don't like, I have a really hard time with my body image, which is why I got into this work. But then I feel like an imposter. Listen, nobody has perfect body image. We all have terrible thoughts about ourselves because we've all spent 20 plus years hating ourselves. It's just how we're preconditioned. So to expect that one day you will just be free of that is impossible. Instead, as long as you're actively trying to work through your body image issues, then you can be there for your clients. Does that make sense? I think people Mm -hmm. think they can't. If they're like, well, I don't like my body, so I can't do this work. or I feel bad that I'm doing this work. No, 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 no. As long as you're actively trying, even just by catching your thoughts or hearing your thoughts, like very baby steps, you're trying. That's the most important thing. Uh, body positivity has obviously the polarity to it. And one, is there is there quickly a different wordage that you think people should be using I think, instead of that? Yeah, I think when, like I did a live on this and it was like people's minds were kind of like, Boof blown but um but the thing is like if you if you think about the difference between we'll talk self-love versus body positivity body positivity was an actual movement created by and for fat folks of color specifically those were the ones that created the people that exist on the furthest margin so it's like essentially fat activism is what body positivity was created for now that has been very much co-opted through social media and it now everybody is like no we're body positive 
like even diet companies are like, we're super body positive, but still clean <laughs> your body. You know, like everyone's kind of jumped on it. But but then we look at the, so here's how I, I say, you could talk about the self-love movement because self-love for every individual is going to look different. Self-love can include things like maybe going to get your lips done or Botox. Maybe that to you is a form of self-love, but that is not necessarily in line with body positivity. Does that make sense? Those are two very different things, mm-hmm. but we really we really conflate them together. And I think it's really important for us just that words have power. And so I encourage people if they're like, well, I'm, I don't, I'm not really into fat activism and I don't want to like really advocate for fat bodies, which is totally fine. If that's your jam, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to condemn you for it. That's why people like me exist. Um, then maybe consider focusing more on the self-love aspect of it or even body neutrality but even body neutrality is like it's just not about your body at all um body neutrality so body neutrality is this uh i this is what i subscribe to more than body positivity because body positivity tells you that you have to love your body all the time right so when you look in the mirror and you have a negative thought which is preconditioned you're going to be like oh i feel bad about my body And then you're going to be like, ah, I feel bad that I had a bad thought about my body. (laughs) So it's like a double whammy of shame with the body positivity part Mm -hmm. of it. Body neutrality or body liberation, on the other hand, is this idea that I recognize that I'm not really comfortable with my body right now, but I'm not going to let it get in the, I'm not going to let the thoughts about my body get in the way for me living the life that I want to. So for me, for a good example would be if I, you know, wake up and I'm like, I don't really like the way my body looks or feels today. It's just uncomfortable. But I really wanted to wear like a crop top and jeans, for example. I would still wear the crop top and jeans, mm-hmm. even though my body didn't feel super great. Does that make sense? I'm not going to yeah. let those thoughts stop me from doing the things that I want to do. Or in the case of a boudoir shoot or um, getting on stage or teaching a course, like a lot of people are afraid to go live because of how they're going to look. So are true. you going to let your thoughts about your body stop you from fulfilling your passion or speaking your story or get in the way of you doing things? And body liberation says, nah, girl. body liberation just like listen you can you can dislike your body and still live and still live a life that you want to live does that make sense yeah so yeah yeah, so it makes room it makes room and and almost gives a space for compassion for the negative thoughts that are inevitable we all have them for a thousand different reasons and so it gives us space to have compassion and say like, yeah, 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 okay, I'll just like maybe not look in the mirror as much today or I'll take steps to, you know, make sure it doesn't affect my mindset as much, but it's not going to stop me from, you know, living my life. Yeah, I, I love this idea of like neutrality too, because I think just in general, taking it out of bodies for a second, like there's a lot of talk in business space about like positive mindset. Your mindset mm. also, always got to be positive. I will tell mm. you that I have a <laughs> default negative mindset about like, I'm like an Eeyore by default. So it's like a oh, lot of work. <laughs> you probably have, if you've ever done Clifton Strengths, you probably have restorative in your top five. That means you're a natural problem solver, but you also see problems everywhere. Okay, probably. I haven't done that. But um, but yeah, so sometimes it's really 
for me, like, it feels very toxic to hear, like, Mm -hmm. well, if you, you know, if you are always stressed or you're anxious or, you you know, Mm -hmm. you're never going to be successful in your business. And it's like, yes, I try to work on my, you know, catch my thoughts. Is this true? Get curious. But at the same time, like, it's sometimes I fall into the cycle of like, but I had a bad thought. So I'm bad. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah, Yeah. like this can apply this idea of like neutrality feels like really mind opening in a way to just look at a lot of things that we're told we have to be positive about. And that's the thing, like body image is just another mindset issue. It's not about your body. The fact that we have people that are a size zero hate their bodies and people that are a size 28 hate their bodies. It tells you like it can't, there's no way that can be about the body. Like nobody... There's not one person I know that got to like a size and they were like, this is it. This is it. Because <laughs> then their body's going to change because bodies are biological organisms just adjusting to the to life. Like they are going to change whether or not people want them to. And so, yeah, so everything is just about what you're making those changes mean, whether it be in terms of business mindset or whatever. It's like, we need to, there's this cool, uh, basically like a dichotomous way of thinking that two things can exist at the same time. I can be successful and I can have anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we go hand in hand usually, right? Um, but we've been taught like, well, if you have, like if you have anxiety, you're not going to be successful, right? Or we'll say, yeah. well, I mean, I guess I'm kind of successful, but I have anxiety. So that but like negates the first thing that came before it instead of understanding, well, no, both these can happen at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting because as Ashley says, you know, her, her view is a little bit more uh, negative, I guess, about yourself at times. Yeah. Um, Kevin knows. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Whereas I'm, I'm the complete polar opposite of Ashley (laughs) to, to a fault, I guess at times. Uh, and I guess jokingly where I am, look, I'm, I'm a short fat dude. I get it, you know, uh, but I still don't ever hate on myself for mm-hmm. being fat, you know, yeah. um, but I do, I do understand for me, I'm like, you know what? I do want to lose weight. I do not, not just necessarily for a superficial aspect of it, but like, you know, I want to be able to move around. I don't like going up steps and getting tired and, and things like that, where I'm like, you know what? I want to get rid of that aspect of my life, but you know. So with that, I want to, I want to encourage you to think of it a little differently. If you were able to walk up the stairs without getting out of breath, but your body did not change, would you be okay with it? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like if, if your body oh. shape didn't change. Me, uh, <laughs> that I, you're on the hot seat now. This is how you know that it is more about what, um, what our beliefs about, well, not even beliefs. Like there is a fact that fatter bodies experience oppression. Like we, like there's a lot less privilege that you get existing in a fat body. So existing in a small body does come with certain privileges for sure. Um, but the, the question, what happens is we, we have conflated as well that health equals or weight loss equals health. 
But the thing is, I bet you, Kevin, if you just started taking the stairs like every single day or didn't take the elevator, whatever it was, and maybe your body's not going to change in its shape, but your cardiovascular health will just simply by doing that act. And so when people are like, well, I lose, I want to lose weight to get healthy. Okay, start doing the things that you think you need to do to get healthy, but be okay if your body doesn't change. And then you start to realize like, oh, Maybe it's not actually about health. Maybe it is about how I look. And then you can do the work around that if you want to. And again, there's nothing wrong. Um, like it's a completely natural, normal human thing to want to live in a smaller body. There's privileges that come with that. I Like everyone experiences it. So it's really important to have compassion for yourself when you do have those thoughts. It doesn't make you a bad person for wanting to do that. But when we start to think, this, again, when we're like, well, I want to be healthy, so I need to lose weight, that just contributes to the stereotype that being fat, it means you're unhealthy, which isn't true at all. Right? You totally agree. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 this is what happens when you get me on a podcast type thing, guys. No, 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 no worries. I, I'm super, the whole conversation of, of, you know, as a fat dude, I'm all like, I like to hear especially I'm so interested in hearing what you have to say in regards to, you know, being a fat person in society in how, you know, we are perceived or, you know, the, the benefits that someone in a quote unquote smaller body, you know, thinner body uh, mm -hmm. gets the privileges that they are afforded in our society. So I'm, you know, I'm super interested in, <laughs> in hearing all this. Yeah, so a big part, of, so it's interesting because my assistant that I usually travel with is my friend Jill, who is basically the complete opposite me in terms of body. Like, she, well, we're both tall, but she's taller than I am. And she's uh, super slim. She's got blonde, long blonde hair, beautiful blue eyes, very Eurocentric beauty standards. Like, she used to be a professional model. And so when we travel together, her and I actually watch to see the treatment between both of us because we'll go into the same store uh, at separate times and we'll watch, each of us will watch how the other one is treated and report back. <laughs> and, and it's very interesting to see the treatment she gets. And she's like, oh my God, I thought I just got that because I was nice. And I was like, no, it's because I was nice, but people treat bodies differently based on their size, their color, and everything. And this is why I talk about uh, what I'm going to be talking about at WPPI, but it's our inherent biases against certain bodies. When you've been taught, like if you think about every cartoon you watched as a kid, the fat bodies were either the villains or the jokes or the punchline or the sidekick, right? Mm -hmm. For the most part. Yeah, that's a, yep. And the thin bodies were what? The heroes, hero. they, got the, hero. they got the romance, they got whatever. And so our brains believe this to be true. And which is why us as photographers now are so important because we can help people tell the actual story. If, if we keep only like up until 10 years ago, the only way you'd see a fat body was as a before photo for somebody's quote unquote progress um, or on a billboard where they're like, cut this part of your body off and live your best life or like as something negative until social media came along and then people with bodies like mine or even bigger than mine or darker skin than mine or with disabilities or whatever 
started to be able to say like, look at, we are here and we are living full vibrant lives. Like we are not just headless fatties on the news. We are contributing to the obesity epidemic. We are legit humans that experience love and have sex and uh, go shopping for cute clothes. And we want these things. Um, and it has helped to start shifting this idea that these bodies are just that, but there's so much work that needs to be done because that representation contributes to the way that we treat different sized bodies. This is why fat bodies usually will get denied for health insurance on a lot higher. You'll get less proper medical treatment. You'll get paid less a lot of the time. And then it feeds into our own beliefs about ourselves. I remember talking to my husband being like, there's no high level successful people in fat bodies. And I was like crying. I was like, I can't do it because nobody looks like me. And he, this is where years of me like, telling him <laughs> has paid off because he just looked at me he was like really terry like isn't isn't it you who always says well that's that means there's room for you there and that's why you should become an educator or a high level successful person to show other people with bodies like yours that they can do it too and i was like son of a bitch he's right <laughs> but it's true like we it, like all of these things feed into these beliefs not just for how other people treat us but also how we treat ourselves I love everything you said there, but there's a part of me that it, it makes me like, I get wanting to be accepting of yourself, but there is that part of me that I was like, yeah, you know, but yeah, I wouldn't mind being uh, thinner to be included into that herd to get those privileges. Is that, is that weak minded of me? Is that, is there anything wrong with that? I mean, I don't want to say it. No, I, I don't. I don't. I've never called somebody weak-minded. Again, you've had, like, how old are you, can I ask? Uh, 35. Okay, so yeah, you're around the same age as me. Okay, so you've had, literally, like, until you started working on mindset stuff, so you've probably had at least 32 years thinking one specific way about bodies. Until I came into your sphere, and you were like, fuck. But just kidding. <laughs> but, but the thing is, think, think about it this way. Um, if we think about it from a psychological, scientific perspective, when we see representations of certain bodies, we create neural pathways to make things easier for us to do, right? It's why when we first start doing photography, we're really shitty and fumbly and whatever because we don't have these neural pathways carved. But when we do it over and over and over and over again, it becomes easier and like second nature. It's the same thing with our beliefs and mindset. So if from the time that you were little, all you heard was that, oh, fat bodies are bad and thin bodies are great and awesome and you'll get all these friends and you'll have love and you'll do all this, that is a very strong neural connection that is created that you have to work probably an excess 32 years to undo. But what I encourage people to do is not to feel bad about having those thoughts, but rather get curious about that thought. So Kevin, when you experience that and you're like, oh, I just really want to fit in with everyone else or have a six pack or whatever, getting curious and saying, who taught me that? Like who, who told me that this cum is bad the way that it is? And is that even my thought to begin with? Like, is that, do I actually believe that or is just something that's been running through my head for the last X amount of years? You know, and then you can consciously decide, do I want, like, is this helping me be the person that I want to be this thought? Or can I change the thought to be more accepting of myself? You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just get, yeah, just get curious. You're not a bad, nobody's a bad person. <laughs> 
you're just we're all preconditioned you know for everything not just body image but like race bias is a thing that's why race issues are the way that they are people get defensive when people are like that's you know you shouldn't you shouldn't make me feel bad about thinking this way and it's like no 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 no. that defensiveness that comes up is totally natural that is your brain literally being like no we have this really deep-seated belief that's been carved over 32 years it's going to be frustrated that there might be something that's different I yeah. Keep that in mind moving forward. <laughs> curiosity, Kevin, curiosity. We, we do have a few questions lined up. So, um, Virginia, if you want to go ahead, we'll go ahead and get you first. All right. Yeah. I really love this because I speak on diversity in portfolio that, that in order to have diversity in your portfolio, you have to have diversity in your life. Who are your friends? Yeah. Who are you hanging out with? And I think that in photography – just what Terry does is changing mindsets um, of how that preconditioning. Uh, and mm -hmm. so I think it's important work for photographers to do that, to uh, see, you know, just like I'm a brown girl. I grew up and I didn't see uh, mm -hmm. anything um, that represented me growing up. And I lost out on opportunities. And, and I started out skinny, hated my body, ended up fat. And I love my body because I'm healthy. So it's like that fight all the time. How do you keep from being angry sometimes? <laughs> because uh, it's an unfair yeah. world. <laughs> yeah. So that's a really great question because when, when you start learning about a different way of thinking, all of a sudden you see everybody that still thinks that old way and you're like, come over here. It's so much better over here. And, you, and it's so frustrating to see people behaving, but that doesn't help anyone. And I, and I learned that the hard way as I was very preachy when I was in my body. Like when I started my boudoir business, like you should love yourself. And Oh, how dare you think about diets? Like I was very, if you can see my hand motions right now, sorry. But, um, <laughs> but I was very, very preachy and I would get really frustrated. And at some point I had to say, preaching is not teaching. So now I look at how can I role model for the people that want to know that there's a better way and how can I be the light that they can look for? Like when, when they're like, I know there's a different way to exist or a different way to think, but I just don't know where to start. Then all of a sudden I can come into their feed and they'll be like, this is it. So instead of focusing on those that aren't doing the same work as me or people that are even very contrary to what I believe in terms of bodies or whatever, I don't try to convert people and I don't try to convince people. Instead, I educate and I do that from my platform instead of commenting on other people's platforms, <laughs> which is something I recommend. Um, and instead, uh, and, and I do everything value driven. So before I'd be like, how can you think that way? Like super aggressive. But my values are empathy, compassion, curiosity, and education. So now I say, how can I respond to this person through any of these values? And is it worth my time? That's the other question. No, it's usually the answer. <laughs> <laughs> that thing does, that's that's does that help, Virginia? Uh, yeah, uh, it, just the struggle, but I like the idea of looking through value, looking through. And I do, try to do that with my clients, so... Uh, mm -hmm. Or anyone I disagree with, but it's just mm -hmm. seeing that perspective. Uh, yeah, really, just like focus, 
focus on who you're helping, like the ones that need you, like the the other brown girls out there, as you put it, like that need to see somebody like you succeeding and, you know, running a successful business and living a life of joy and pleasure and all of these things, like be that light for them. And that's what, what's the, uh, what's the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. It literally is that instead of trying to convince other people to change, start with yourself, I think is. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Virginia. Um, We also have MJ with a question. Bring it. I'm trying to to find the best way to put it into words, but it really has to do with sorry. um, Like how you how you approach mindset um, when you're speaking to people about um, because there's. Uh, uh, let me go about it this way. I w- was listening to something, I think a podcast you were on earlier or something. I stopped you for a little bit on all the social media. <laughs> so I, <laughs> um, like I remember hearing about you when you were younger and your mom talking with you about um, changing so that you would, you would mm. fit, like you had a choice about changing or so you would yeah. fit in and be liked by these people or, and I was the other option or, or just be, be myself. Comfort. Yeah, or just to be yourself. Um, yeah. One of the things that I, and that's something that I've been trying to teach my kids, and I know not everyone in this this group has kids. However, having five kids kind of makes my life, my, <laughs> my brain a mom brain. But yeah. I'm like, I've been trying to teach them um, about how they treat themselves and taking care of themselves causes other people to treat them Mm -hmm. well. And I'm not the, you know, the best example. I don't get up and like do my hair and makeup. I just, I do the, the mom thing where I'm get out of bed with my hair on top of my head and go about the day. But I know that if I need to go somewhere and be able to help somebody else or be a photographer that I try to put myself together first. Um, And that's something I've been trying to, teach them because I do notice like unfortunately not everybody just you know straight up will accept everybody for who they are no matter what they look like but my like kids at school will be treated better by other kids if they take good care of themselves and unfortunately too because I do have have five kids and I've been through so many teachers the teachers also Mm -hmm. um and I and I try to explain this to them it's not their fault it's but kids are treated better if they take good care of themselves if they comb their hair and and um they look like they they care about themselves and I feel like there is a tie-in but I also don't want to teach them to be superficial does that does that make sense yeah. I, I I'm trying to translate it, that into um how also how we're treated and why we're treated differently for um looking differently like not looking I don't know yes thank you yeah yeah so I think a big part of that has to do like this is like the one thing my mom was really good at was not telling me what to do but rather just letting me know the options and even now as an adult same kind of thing letting me weigh the pros and cons of both situations right like if you 
want this thing you like it's like if you want to work at this job you might have to wear a uniform if you want to be a wedding photographer that has these specific clients you may have to wear a suit if you like but if you're okay to not have those clients then you can wear whatever you want or if you're okay to attract clients like you, then you can be who you are. Or in the t in the case of children, um, and I do this with my sister's kids because I don't have my own, but I use hers as my little protégés, is I will sit with them and say, and just ask questions. The best thing you can do with kids is just ask questions and say, oh, why do you want to wear that? Or like, what is it about this that you like? Or um, why do you think you need to shave your legs? Or why do you think you need to wear this? And then let them go away with the question and start critically thinking. Because even if they come back and they say, well, I just really want to fit in, they came up with that on their own instead of you telling them. So now they know in order to fit in, I might have to do this thing, at which point you can step in and say, okay, if you want, like, are those friends you really want to have, you know, if they're not going to accept you for who you are or would you prefer to have friends that are going to accept you for who you are? It just opens up to the conversation a bit more if you just ask questions. Does that make sense? Oh. Yes, totally. And then That's how do you, like, how do you apply that then when you're talking about body image and people taking care of themselves? Do you see a lot of people that come into you that, that um, are of one mindset or the other where they, they were like, I love my body. I want to experience this. Or at what point did they come in, come in and have that photo shoot with Terry? Like what, what I mindset think, are they usually at? Yeah. I actually prefer the clients that don't like themselves. <laughs> Cause that means I, that means I get to apply more of the stuff that I know and make more of a change with them. So, but I have clients at all different stages that come in. Uh, and one of the things that we'll talk about is again, breaking down, what does taking care of yourself look like? Because when we think that taking care of ourselves looks like weight loss, then there's an issue there because I take care of myself. Like this goes back to the health conversation again. I, you know, I walk every day. I drink water. Like not that I have to justify my existence, but the thing is, is we have to start unpacking like what we're making those words mean to us that there is no one way to look put together or there's no one way to do this um, and like reflect with that within ourselves first. So then we can have those conversations with our clients, but just, just like I suggested doing with kids, I ask clients questions. I don't tell them how to think. I just get curious about their thoughts. Like when they say something like, Oh, I don't really like the way I look in this photo. Oh, what, what specifically about the photo are you having a hard time with? Oh, I, I just, I hate looking at my stomach. Have you always disliked your stomach? Who taught you? When was the first time you started disliking your stomach? You know, what are some experiences that are you're holding? What are you making that stomach mean? And I just, I don't have the answers for them. I want them to come up with the answers themselves because even if they don't buy the photo or whatever, they are going to go home and they're going to think about those questions. And my work is done. Does that make sense? I love that. I love that, Terry. I wanted to have Carrie get in her question as well, because we are in the last, uh, you know, nine ten minutes, minutes, 10 minutes. Um, so I want to open it up to Carrie now. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, everybody. Thanks. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm someone who is new to the photography community, at least um, towards body pies in the 
in the body positivity sense. And I've also struggled with self-love for years, but I kind of want to do boudoir and empowerment photography. So I'm wondering what would some like first steps be towards partially loving my body and partially being a someone who can be looked up to in that community? Um, yeah, that's a that's a really great question. So number one, I would say just start by confronting like maybe your own body image biases to get those bodies in the door. So doing model calls, I pay for model calls, just an FYI for people. I pay $200 for people to come in if I'm going to use them in my portfolio. Showing will get you more clients and show that you are inclusive, body positive and safe for bodies like that. Saying that you do doesn't mean dick all, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry to the photographers out there. Um, yeah, I'm kind of honest about that one. But it's true. Like, you have to show it because clients won't believe it otherwise. So that would be, the like, as far as the business aspect goes. For yourself, um, with the self-love thing, I would recommend starting to follow accounts of people that have bodies or, you know, that are celebrating the parts of themselves that you struggle to celebrate. You can start with my account. I celebrate everything about myself. Uh, um, but that helps to break down those representations in our mind. Like if you can see my body is beautiful, you can see yours is beautiful. It's always a choice. And we forget that we have a choice in our thoughts about ourselves. And yet we can choose to say, because trust me, there are people out there that choose to see my body as not beautiful. <laughs> and they're not afraid to tell me about it. But that tells me that it's a choice, which means you can also choose for yourself. So becoming self-aware of what am I saying to myself? Is that thought helping me be the person I want to be? Is that helping me be a, known as a body positive person? Or what is a thought I could have when I hear this thought to myself? How would I coach a client through this? Does that make sense? Kind of like asking, treat, treating yourself like you would treat a client, essentially. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Terry. Oh, you're welcome. If you have other questions or like, yeah, you can start following me on Instagram. It's probably, I, I talk know. about the shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Carrie. Thank you to everyone who asked questions. Those were all such amazing questions. Thank you guys for having me. Sorry, I, I talk a lot. So, no, um, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> we we wanted you on because we wanted to hear all this juicy, good information and to challenge our thoughts and beliefs and be better <laughs> photographers. And I, uh, I wish that I think your WPPI talk is on the day like everyone's that I have to leave early. So I'm so bummed out. On the 27th? Oh, your talk is on the 27th? I thought your talk is on the 2nd. Oh, no, so you're I have a talk on the... Summit, right? Yeah, I'm part of the Boudoir Summit uh, on the 27th of the morning. But then I, the other thing I have is a photo walk that's happening on the 3rd. Um, uh, yeah, so that's that's what's happening there. Okay, got it, got it, got it. But yeah. I think the but Boudoir think Summit is... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I know I tried, but it didn't work out for me. Yeah, I hope, that, I hope they're going to record it, though, because I... Yeah, I've got a good talk, so <laughs> I want them to record it. <laughs> I well, hope. On on that line, Terry, I wanted to ask, um, how can people take the next step if they are, aside from, I know you just kind of said this to Carrie about following you, but beyond that step, like if people want to get better at all of this, at coaching, at loving themselves, like how how can people take the next step? 
Yeah, I really think just like in uh, investing in yourself in terms of education, whether it be in the form of books, podcasts, time to yourself, question, self-awareness, getting comfortable with the uncomfortable questions you have to ask yourself uh, and being okay with whatever the answers, just understanding that the answers that come up aren't bad. They're just information. So you know how to move forward um, and decide what you want to do with that information. But I think that's the biggest thing is just start feeling whatever you want to learn, if it, even if it's business or whatever, just start educating yourself from a bunch of other people that live that experience. So if you are something that exists in a larger body and you want to learn to love your larger body, start following accounts of larger people loving their bodies or reading books by people that talk about their experience. I actually recommend that for people in smaller bodies too, because fat phobia affects us all. But um, yeah, just constant learning. I never stop learning really. I read everything. I pay attention to trends as far as like what people are saying about themselves. Um, I use my clients as like a data pool <laughs> to kind of be like, oh, that's interesting that like nine out of 10 people have the same experience, you know? Um, yeah. And just that's the biggest thing. Just don't stop learning. I think would be the biggest thing. Fantastic. Fantastic. You know what? I, I, I love everything we've said. We have hit the one hour mark though. So before we do let you go, I like people to know where they can find you. We've brought it up to follow you. Where can we see you at? Sure. Uh, Instagram, it's uh, at Terry Hofford with one R. So T-E-R-I-H-O-F-F-O-R-D. Uh, and my website, terryhoffer.com. I also have a book you can, if you want to get started on a body image journey called The Geo Theory, Chipping Away at Body Image. Um, I did start my clubhouse specifically for this because I didn't know it was on Android until this. So that was exciting. <laughs> um, you can follow me here. Hopefully I will, the plan is to start doing rooms on specific to body image and mindset. So feel free to join uh, me over there. And yeah, that would probably be the easiest. Everyone, please be sure to go follow Terry and make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Also, be sure to check out our blog posts that are associated with the Clubhouse interviews at subriseeducation.com forward slash blog. You can follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Taylor Portrait. That is A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And you can find me there as poplight underscore photography. If you are a member of the portrait system and you have more questions for Terry, Ashley, or myself, go tag us in a post in the portrait system members only Facebook group. And if you are not a member of the portrait system and you're interested in learning more about how we can help your business succeed, reach out to Ella on our support team by emailing support at SuePriceEducation.com. Thank you again for joining us and hope you can join us next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business. 
lighting PDFs, I mean truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and 8 frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.